Andrew, why are you so sad? Well, Trip, I've got an Android phone, and I don't know how to find my favorite podcasts on it. Well, did you know that the Podcast Republic app can serve all of your podcast needs in one convenient location? All of them? How does it work? Well, you find the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store, you download it to your device, and then you mark all your favorite podcasts as your favorites. Like dissecting the 80s? Exactly like that. And then every time they update, the episodes zip right to your phone. Wow, how convenient. That's right, the Podcast Republic app for Android devices. A lot of you probably already know this, but we want to make sure everybody does. We are now on Patreon. You can support this podcast jumping in on one of our tiers. We have a $2 tier to get you the monthly newsletter. we got a $5 tier that unlocks bonus content and special goals for the whole collective that if you guys chip in together and donate the, the money, if you guys pledge together and we hit certain goals, we'll give you more content. That's right. You can get more Dissecting the 80s. All you got to do is sign up on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Dissecting the 80s. And I want to take a quick second right here at the top of the show to say thank you to our first four patrons. Uh, First up is Michelle. She was the first one to jump in. Thank you, Michelle. Within like hours, Uh, I feel like. Oh, yeah. It was like super fast. It was really flattering. So you rock, Michelle. But all of these were in like the first three days, which is really super great. Uh, Sophie, Fiona, and Roger. Those are our first four patrons. We're only using first names for privacy things, but we also shouted these folks out on Twitter. So if you want to hear your name here, Go to patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s and support your favorite 80s podcast. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man who I'm pretty sure did not have Freddy Krueger play in to the understanding of his sexuality, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Leno. And yeah, of of the big murderers, like seri- like movie murderers, it's not it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Freddy. Wait, are you suggesting that it would be like Michael or Jason? No, I'm saying if it had to be one of them, it wouldn't be Freddy. Really? Yeah, no, he's like his body is goopy looking. Like <laughs> But they're all goopy. Who who wait, okay. Literally F Mary Kill for the three super guys. We've never done that before. We We've talked about right. the franchises. But like um, literal F Mary Kill. I'd probably so I'm gonna have to wild card it, and I'm gonna f Michael Myers because we don't know what his body looks like. We just know that he's big and <laughs> Plus, strong. Yeah, but his face is pretty messed up. Is it? We don't know that. We never see it. His mask comes off in the first. That's movie. Jason. No, Michael Wait. Myers' mask comes off in the beginning, in the, in the t- like the last act of the first movie, and then he puts it back on. His eyes all jacked up from getting stabbed with the hanger. Oh well, that's the, but I feel like the jacking up happened during the course of the film. <laughs> Okay. So I would probably <laughs> I would probably F Michael Myers. No, I'd probably marry Michael Myers because that's like a long haul. And then you'd F, I guess, Jason. He's like a rotting monster. Also, he doesn't he talk. He would smell like he would smell like fish guts. So you would never get that like out of your sheets. Or li- yeah, okay, so you burn the sheets or you don't do it in the bed. Problem solved. You'd have to burn the, by the whole lake. apartment. Do it by the lake. You, you'd have to burn the lake. Well, that's how Freddy versus Jason happened. But like, well, here's the thing: yeah. with Freddy Krueger, it's just like, calm down. This isn't ca- this isn't amateur open mic night at the Chuckle Hut. Like, I don't need your one liners. <laughs> uh, like, the other two don't talk, which is lovely. <laughs> okay, all right. 
I'm learning things I don't think I need to know. What? Uh, we we What's watched. Your I no, I I just think that like long term you get over the burn victim stuff and you at least have someone to talk to. Yeah, but it's literally like exclusively in puns and like death comments. Presumably, when you go to like the beach and have a mai tai, he relaxes a little bit. You you that's gotta be in one of them, right? Like. Well, Freddie goes to the beach in one of the ones that we did, but it wasn't, like, a fun chill sesh. It was, like, a murder. Well, it tends to be with him. And we're getting, we're derailing early. (laughs) We watched Nightmare on Elm Street 2, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your homoerotic subtext. Something's gotta be done about your homoerotic subtext. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Uh, that's Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, for those of you who need the, uh, the full title. Yes. This is the first of our two-part two lie, where we've each chosen to go back and revisit a part two sequel of a franchise that we've been doing before. So this was Andrew's pick. And uh, uh, just up at the top, Trip is a straight man. Uh, I'm a member of the LGBT <laughs> community, LGBTQ plus community. Sorry. Uh, so when we use the phrase, because it's it's gonna get thrown around a lot, the phrase "this is so gay." We literally mean it is homosexual <laughs> and homo like homosexually driven. Like it is not a slur. It is literally just a very gay movie. Yeah, it's not a judgment. It's a fact. And actually, the director, after like years of specu- speculation about it, eventually was like, "Yeah, no, it was on purpose." Well, the a hole so, director tried to blame it on the actor kid when people well, yeah, came, uh, yeah. came back at him. This this actor mark Patton got a really really raw deal he was uh the lead in this and then a movie i guess a play and then a movie called come back to the five and dime jimmy dean jimmy dean sorry jimmy dean jimmy dean he played a gay character in that and then he played a very homoerotic role in this and he himself was gay but it basically ruined his yes but he was his career is basically ruined by the two movies because it was like, well, that's a gay guy, and that time that that blacklisted him. So it's it's like rampant homophobia in Hollywood in the eighties derailed this guy's career, and he's pretty good in this movie. Yeah. Like it's a this is a weird weird movie, and I I don't know how I forgot all of this. I think it's because I watched all of these movies like back to back to back to back to back to back in a short period of time. And it's pretty early yeah. in the lineup. And it also, also, it just all blends together into basically one movie because they're like the plot of every Friday the 13th movie, every My- Halloween movie, every Nightmare on Elm Street movie is the same as every other movie in that series, like with a, some exceptions. There is a, a, something that happens that brings back the killer. The killer does some killing. The final person defeats the killer. But did they? Yeah. That's every movie. Exactly. So... This movie, I guess, just blended in with the other ones, but it's crazy that it did because this is, like, one, from a standpoint and tone, kind of its own thing in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and two, holy cow, is it just crazy that it exists. 
Mm-hmm. It's like I watched because I feel like I haven't seen this whole thing. I've seen parts of this movie for sure, like in movie countdowns and like kill countdowns. Right, right. But I was just like, oh, wow, this is I get why like I because understand sometimes like movies that are very gay feeling like the gays don't watch them. But apparently this is like a very popular gay Halloween movie. Oh, okay. And I was like, I didn't, I, now I see why I would, this totally is like going to be brought into like the hocus pocus lineup of, of Halloween movies for me. Yeah. It's a perfectly competently made slasher movie, but instead of there being a final girl, it's a final guy. Talk about dream roles. Like if I could be a screen king (laughs) today, sign me up. Right. And this guy just ended up getting really raw, raw deal about it. Although later in life, he seems to have kind of reclaimed it and has like written a basically a book about what happened to his character after is that what it, I, thought, I thought i thought it was an autobiography no 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 i mean he wrote like an online many part piece of fan fiction about his character and come over it could be like i i tried to dig into this and see like okay this sounds like bullshit like somebody put his name on it but from everything i could see it appears to actually have been written by this guy. It could be wrong. I could be an idiot. The jury is obviously out on the, the second part of that. But I I did the 10 cents worth of diagnosing the truth of this that I was willing to do. And it seemed on the up and up. But it seems like he wrote a very long, uh, you know, explanation of like what happened to his character after. So where did he come out? Is that part of the character arc? I, I didn't I did not read the whole thing. It's very Obviously. very long. Like, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. I like, skipped on Wikipedia. It's like oh he wrote fan fiction that explains his character is gay. Period. Yeah yeah I think that's what it says. But I eventually uh, like skipped to the end to try to see what did Freddie. You know did what you, else did does... you read? Any Freddie? Did Freddie come back? Okay, so the last chapter of it I was skimming and it was like. Clearly, he added a lot to the mythology about his character and Freddy. It was so in the weeds that I was like, I don't know what's going on, and I'm it was just like confused watching *Gem right of the Holograms*. It was, it was, it was like, it was like turning to the last page of a book and expecting to know what the hell was going on. Reading so, the last chapter be, of *Harry Potter*. Yeah, like book seven yeah. of *Harry Potter* and being like, right, um, it's like a bunch of people send their kids to school. It's weird. So yeah, it sucks that this director threw this guy under the bus and all that. And we'll come and we'll talk about more of this stuff as we go through. But it's it's important to talk about this a little bit ahead of this movie, just because it's going to be so important to understanding what the hell we're talking about. Because this is a kind of wild movie for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series. And they immediately went right back to their formula. It was like, oh, we don't want to do this. This is you know, this is not what we're gonna do. Yeah, because I think for the rest of the series, it, I think it was like. One character from the previous one survived and was, like, the starting point for the next one, right? Isn't that sort of the basic? I believe that's essentially the formula. I'm sure there's some that don't do that, and please don't at us. Like, we, we are acknowledging that that's probably not 100% accurate, but it's generally the, where, like, the gist Nancy's, of it. We're not Nancy. We're Heather Langenkamp's kid is the one because Freddy is real. Yeah, that's the new Wes Craven's new nightmare when he came back to the series and was like, I'll come back, but I'm going to do some weird shit and you're going to pay for it. And they were like, whatever you say, boss. And Heather Langenkamp turned down Jurassic Park for it. Yeah, that wasn't a good choice, Heather. Sorry, Heath. Love you, Heath. But uh, yeah, I, you're a pretty good Twitter I, follow, but that I was a poor her. choice. Is she, fo- wait, she follows us on Twitter? No, no, no. Oh. Like, she is a good follow. 
I bet her agent was just like tearing his hair out. <laughs> like, I know you like this, but dear God, take the dinosaur movie. <laughs> the the only person uh, relatively famous who follows us from Nightmare on Elm Street is one of the kids from I think like Nightmare Four. Dream Warriors? No, hold on, I'm trying to see if he still maybe he doesn't follow us anymore. Ricky Dean Logan is the only Nightmare on Elm Street person who follows us. He's been following us for a very long time, like from the early days of the show, which is weird. He must have just searched 80s and found us. But he was in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which is not an 80s movie. No. All right, kids. Anyway. bus from that field trip to our Twitter account. <laughs> yes. And uh, we're going to head home on this bus, which is how this movie starts. Oh, segue. Yeah, it was pretty good. I thought you were doing that on purpose. I apparently uh, gave nope. you too much credit. Too much credit. Uh, <laughs> so... We're on a bus, and were school suddenly... Seat, were, were school bus seats that tiny? Because these look like some tiny-ass seats. Like, Well, it's an old-looking school bus. Like, a, It looks like a 50s-era school bus. That's true. Uh, I haven't been on a school bus since I was a child. I don't remember them feeling that tiny. I'm sure, as adults, it would be tough to squeeze two people into one of those seats without being squishy. That's true. I, was, I haven't been on a school bus in a long time. I've been on coach buses, but never a school, not a school bus in a long time. Oh, look at this fancy boy over here. This is Mr. Coach Bus. My, the school I work for went on a field trip pretty like pretty far away, so we got a coach bus. I will not apologize <laughs> for working um, somewhere. So, I, 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 we, are, have, we have derailed so much, and this is stupid. But, 17 minutes uh, I have I have these movies on DVD, and they're from a particular era of DVD where the production is quite terrible <laughs> where the menu so it's is like, like a still image from the movie no no it's like a full 30 seconds of like animated bullshit you have to sit through before you can click play and then once you've clicked play it's like hey widescreen or full screen it's like why is this even a choice who are you making this for and i was like oh because this is so old it was like very few people had tvs that weren't square and they wanted to watch the movie that way. Mm-hmm. Did the special features include interactive menus? Oh, there are there are no special features because this is all four Nightmare on Elm Street movies packed into. Uh, or sorry, it is four Nightmare on Elm Street movies packed onto two discs. No, I mean so on like the, one, on the back of the box it used to say like special features include interactive menus, and I was like, there is um, literally. <laughs> how else do I select is, something? This doesn't even have that because there isn't any selection to be made. It just has a play button you click on. I think there might be scene selection, but there is nothing else. Uh, and it's each box has two discs in it. Side A is one movie, and side B is a different movie. They like flip. They're not yeah. printed on. It's like both sides is film. Anyway, who could possibly care about this? I'm so sorry, people. But it was just funny. It was just like. 35, 40 seconds of sitting through like Freddy Krueger before I could click the button. So, so turns out Freddy's driving this bus. Because of course and, it's a nightmare. And it's really good nightmare style logic. Like when you have a bad dream and things connect, but when you think about them at all, don't really make sense. Like you wake up from it and you're like, oh wait, that that didn't really. But in the moment you're like, ah, like this is all so logical. Mm-hmm. Because they're driving, and within mm, 25 seconds of leaving this cul-de-sac, we're bumping across an unadorned by any building desert, and then off a cliff, <laughs> like very quickly off a cliff. Yeah, like 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 it's held up by one single rock structure, and it kind of teeters, which is a cool way it, to it, kill someone. Like they can't back away from you, or they fall. 
I thought it was supposed to be like uh, kind of representing Freddy's gloves, maybe, but it was it was weird, and it doesn't really do much for the movie because he immediately wakes up and is like cold sweat, like oh my god, what's happening? And his yeah, parents he like give, you. yes, and, and he's doing it in a movie, which is unbelievably rare. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents do not care about the problems he's having. He screams like a. He screams like a lady too. I will say that. What happens is you the whole like school bus nightmare happens, and as Freddy is about to like slash them, we cut to a family in a kitchen, and then we hear what I thought was a girl scream. And since two of the people on the bus were girls, I was like, oh, that's her nightmare. And then they were like, cut to the hero of this movie, and I was like, oh, my mistake. Yeah, he has an extremely feminine way of screaming, which is interesting because I didn't think he sounded feminine when he talked. No. So I don't know if they did that through some trickery or just he screams naturally that way. We go down to dinner and the... Breakfast. Or breakfast, rather. And the eggs are burnt to hell. We recently had some very nice looking eggs in the movie. This is the absolute opposite. This is like some poor schmuck was like, I don't even care. This is the ninth take. I just want to go home because these eggs look like burnt shit. There's definitely there's definitely some fourth take eggs. Yeah. And the dad in this movie is played by Clue Gulliger. I think I'm saying that name right. He is 89 years old and still working a lot. Really? He yes. His son is now a director. Uh trying to find the son's name here on Wikipedia, but his son was the director of and this is a reference that's going to land for one person out there. HBO had this Project Greenlight, and the best thing they came out of it was this movie Feast, and his son directed Feast. Which one was Feast? You've probably never seen it. Jason Mewes is in it. It's like a monster movie, but it's... Uh, oh, it's in the diner, right? Where everything pops up on the screen. Yeah. It's like, he's the hero. I think I think that's part of it. I honestly like I think you're right, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. But anyway, he was in, he was in Feast, and his son is... Uh, his son is named John. Uh, he also, Clue, Clue was also in Piranha 3 Double D, which was the sequel, not as good. Uh, but yeah, his his son still cast him in movies. So he was just recently in Children of the Corn Runaway. No numbers anymore? No. We we're, know how many we've been making? Yeah, I think this one is like, uh, I don't even know. This one doesn't even have its own entry on Wikipedia. It's just part of the the... Children of the Corn thing. But anyway, I fell on a rabbit hole of Clue Gulliger uh, stuff and uh, ended up finding him uh, in a trailer for the movie Blue Jay, which is on Netflix. And he's like, the trailer has him in it. And I was like, oh, my God, like still still doing it. Still doing a good job. Look at you. Anyway, this movie is not very good in case you haven't figured out that yet. I didn't actually. Okay, so I will say that I enjoyed the movie. Like overall, I thought this was a fun movie. It just was dumb and weird and very gay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a perfectly fine Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It just is, like, extremely formulaic, except it's a man instead of a woman in the main part. And so it just was kind of like, all right, get to the get to the point. Like, get I, it takes a long... It's such a straight-up, basically, retread of the first movie that I, I got a little frustrated with. Like, all right, get to the point. Do a thing. I mean, a little different. This is more, f- like... the So the basic premise for the movie, spoiler alert, is that Freddy wants to use the main character Jesse's body to do murdering in the real world. And he like gets him to murder a couple times. And I really like like, that idea is really cool. Like for a harm for a movie, because there's several scenes where like 
Jesse is breaking down and Freddy's in the mirror, like laughing at him being like, you're doing it. And there's like some cool stuff to be done there, but it just, it was never clearly established why Freddy felt the need to use Jesse in the real world when the dream world seems to be pretty good for him. Yeah. Like you have an established place that you're good at. Why are you doing this, Fred? Yeah. It'd be like giving a hockey team golf clubs and being like, go for it. Yeah, exactly. That's probably a movie, actually, as I said that out loud. I don't think so. I don't think there are not that many hockey movies. I think I know all of them. <laughs> like, like anytime they make a hockey movie, I'm like, oh, do tell. Let me see this. And people are like, it's it's absolutely. I'm like, I don't care. Give it to me. I want it. Hook it into my veins. It's not going to be miracle I watched, or slap shot. I watched 15, well, more than 15 minutes of a movie made in Canada for like zero dollars about a woman playing goalie on like a local beer league team that was like supposed to be like the barrier breaking kind of story. But again, like the stakes were extremely low and it looked like it was filmed with a VHS tape camcorder in like the year 1999, which is like, where did you even get this equipment? It was very bad. I watched it like more than I should have about it. That sounds like you did. Yeah. So, yes, if there's a hockey movie, I'll watch it. I have just no bar for hockey movies. So then we meet Jesse's quote-unquote girlfriend, young Meryl Streep. Other people might know her as the Seinfeld episode where there's a love triangle between Jerry and Kramer. Mm -hmm. They both fall in love with the same woman. Pam. Yes. I forget what her job was. Usually you can identify the women on Seinfeld by their job. I can't remember because I think I don't remember that episode as much as I do as I do the others. Um, but she looks like a young Meryl Streep, like and Meryl. Streep she does absolutely. Daughter. She does. Yeah, like, no, no doubt about it. Gracie. Gatt. She looks more like Meryl Streep than Meryl Streep's actual daughter does. Yeah, they they do. Like they could. I would I would buy that. So they uh, drive to school in his terrible car that's still a convertible. Mm-hmm. So like still doing pretty good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we get a structured gym class. Which was which it's really rare. nice change of pace. It's a really good change of pace from other representations of gym class. Here's three pennies and a couple goal sticks and uh, one <laughs> football. You guys have fun. I'm gonna go smoke. None of it's inflated. <laughs> like the hockey sticks are somehow compressed like paper. It's weird what we figured out how to do. We took the air out of everything we gave you. The pennies also no air in them. It's very odd. You can't wear them. The fabric is extremely uncomfortable and unpleasant to touch. <laughs> and they're playing soccer, right? Is, I'm sorry. I watched this movie literally like 12 <laughs> hours ago. And I'm Today already... you watched this movie. But I had to a rehearsal, so my brain is frazzled. It's soccer, right? No, they're playing softball. And the, the, and, oh, uh... yes. Because I, I knew that someone's pants got pulled down. Because in the yes. the first version I watched had that censored out, and I was like, oh no, hang on. If I'm going to have to slog through this nonsense, I'm going to see the butts, because I know there's going to be butts. <laughs> there will uh, be butts. I do, I, I do want to ask, well, I do, I do have a relevant story that I want to tell, but I do want to ask. So the, mo- the internet says this movie is an hour and 37 minutes long. The version on my DVD is only 82 minutes. How long was what you watched? Uh, hour 25. Okay, so probably about the same then. Um, I have a quick softball and gym class story that I want to tell. I'm so sorry, folks. This is like was a, a real... jock in high school. Yeah, Tweet I was. Him. Yeah, I was. I was captain of the football team. 
Um, I mean, I wasn't a jock in the like beating up people, mean to other people sense, but I was on the football team. Anyway, we I've talked about my silly gym class before. Eventually, we started playing softball, which just seems too dangerous for gym class. Like there's there's projectiles and bats, and it just like it's just not good. I have always been terrible at baseball, even as a kid. Literally, my only memory of youth baseball is weeping in a porta potty after getting called out on a throw to first. Like I beat this throw by two steps, and then the throw came in, and the guy was like, "You're out." And it must have been traumatic because I just literally never got on base. Like I must have been so bad. The only reason that I would have been so distraught is if I'm just extrapolating because I don't remember, but. It, the only thing that makes sense for me to be that distraught would be like, I must've just never made contact with the ball. Like I must've just never ever. Yeah. And my tiny fat body legged out a single and they were like, clearly the fat kid didn't beat the throw, but I beat the throw. And I was so upset. I was like literally weeping and like so distraught in the dugout dad, like remove me from the team and, and like was like, like it's not like your emotion is invalid, but it's like, you're making a spectacle of yourself and you 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 i'm doing this for your own good like later you're gonna tell this like in 30 20 years you're gonna tell this story on a podcast and it'll be funny but like right now it is not pleasant for anybody and they're just all staring at you so go go cry elsewhere and i like cried in a porta potty so that's my how bad i was at baseball so we're playing softball and Everybody expects me to be like big, strong baseball man who can just like hit home runs and stuff. And I was like, that's not what my like, I am not going to do that. You could probably pitch, though, right? No, 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 no. They put me I played deep, deep, deep center. There was another center fielder in front of me. That's how far back I was. But I get up to bat and I whiff at a couple of pitches. And so it's like, all right, I'm going to swing as hard as I can because I just want to send this ball to the moon, right? Like, I'm going to swing this bat. And I swung the bat really hard. In fact, I swung the bat so hard that I whipped it out of my own grip and sent a baseball bat, an aluminum baseball bat, at the maximum power of throw at my maximum level of strength as a human bi- like this is peak jock bullshit idiot trip who benched 325 pounds i threw a aluminum baseball bat and it went straight at the people on my team who were lined up on the side like behind third base like waiting and watching the game and i swear to god this is exactly what happened this girl who barely would pay attention in gym class happened to be looking at me, jumped in the air, and landed on the baseball bat like it was a a skateboard. Like, she literally saved her own self from injury by leaping into the air and riding the baseball bat to the ground and didn't then, like, whoopsie-daisy land on her butt, like, just, like, you know, got her feet back. And I just turned to the gym teacher, and I was like, I'm out. And I I literally had, like, I maybe, like, I have no idea. I was not out by balls and strikes, and I was like... That's an out. And I just walked to the end of the line and I didn't, I never, I never swung the bat. I literally stuck it out to bunt and ran to first base every time. And I was like, I just, I announced it. I was like, I'm going to bunt. Like I was like, I'm not even going to, because it wasn't like trying to be, you know, sneaky subterfuge. Like you shouldn't bunt in a rec softball 
league kind of thing. I was like, I'm going to bunt just so everybody felt safe because I was just I booped the ball and then I ran and they threw me out. And that's how I played the rest of our softball unit. I wish there was a video of that. It was so insane. It was like I threw it and I was like, oh, I just killed a person. Like I, I was I was good. It was going to be a scene like in not another teen movie where that kid gets sheared in half by a tackle and his body falls into two pieces. That not was what I was picturing. Movie. Yeah. Do you mean Final Destination at the end where the fence? No, that does happen in Final Destination. But in not another teen movie, uh, Chris Evans is the quarterback and he throws a ball to the like nerdy dorky kid who's like a stand in for Rudy. And he catches it. And then he's like, I caught the ball. And then this dude tackles him and he literally breaks his body into two pieces. And then he's like still alive. Like, I caught a touchdown. That I was like, this bat, I, it was like a, a weapon. I threw a baseball bat at a human being. Like, this girl pulled off a minor miracle. And Welcome to the first annual purge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This girl should have been an X-Men. So anyway, I'm very bad at baseball, and this would have been a dangerous thing for me to be part of on set. Clearly. Um, so what we think will be the bully of the film starts beating up our hero. He pants him and his ass comes out. And then they start doing the gayest fight I've ever seen on film. And I've watched gay porn. <laughs> it is basically sexy wrestling. Like if someone had squirted them with oil, it would have been just sexy wrestling. There's a lot of like exaggerated hand touches and ca- like sort of caressy moves. Now, don't get me wrong. Wrestling is very sexual looking like it's just a bunch of people writhing around on top of each other all wrestling kind of looks like sex sort of but this is like sexy wrestling yeah this is this is this is like foxy boxing but wrestling this is not like two juvenile boys being like you're humping him while you're trying to pin him this is like two guys actually trying to hump each other while pinning each other that's what that's what we should make a video of this. We're just we'll just cut parts of this movie, intercut with porn music, and just you could easily do the porn cut of this movie. It wouldn't even be a challenge. No, it'd be easy. And the fight is broken up by the gym teacher who gym is played teacher, by. Shitty. Well, he's also a guy people might recognize. Actually, he was in Starship Troopers. Uh, it's Marshall Bell. Um, he was in Twins. He's in Total Recall. Stand by Me. He was a pretty prolific '80s actor. Uh, I knew him from Starship Troopers most of all. That's the bug one, right? The big bug one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually like a very clever satire against war, but written by a guy who wrote it to be the opposite. It's kind of amazing. Oh, weird. The Uh, book is like a very rah-rah, jingoistic military is great, and the movie is like the literal opposite of that. It's a very clever movie. That's cool. So he makes them do planks as punishment, I guess? Yeah. But or This feels like a gym teacher move. But I thought it was push-ups at first. It was unclear. Yeah. And we find out that uh, the gym teacher probably gets off on this because he hangs out at those, quote, queer S&M joints downtown, unquote. And he, quote, likes pretty boys like you. And I was like, oh, we're like 10 minutes into this movie, and I guess we're just full throttle. Got it. (laughs) Going after the gays, are we? Okay, then. That's uh, that's where we're at here, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that they're friends now. Like, they go from bully to bestie really fast. And I'm not mad about it, but it's just kind of weird. I think it's one of those alpha male things. Like, it's supposed to feel like, oh, they're, like, 
fighting for supremacy and leader of alpha status of the pack, and then they recognize each other through mutual respect. It's it's basically they're like the dollar store uh, Zach Morris and AC Slater. If they were boating, like. It's like the porn version of Zack and AC. <laughs> like, the subtext of this relationship between the two of them is absolutely that they're fooling around, and we just never see it. Mm-hmm. It's not in the movie, but it's in the movie, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they're playing doctor. <laughs> yes, exactly. The, the girlfriend comes in the room, and they're both shirtless and sweaty. He's like, we were just doing push-ups. <laughs> it's like, well, why, why, why are you in your underwear? Because it was too hot. Derek's going to leave now. And Derek like jumps out the window and he throws his clothes after him. That's how I imagine this going. Yeah, 100%. That's how this goes. We get another dream sequence from Jesse. And God, I wish I could be a Scream King. Like, that is just like ultimate goals. Although I thought it was interesting that he wasn't like... So every time a girl in one of these movies goes to investigate, she wears like a pair of panties and a bra... Uh-huh. And, like, maybe an unbuttoned button-down shirt that's three sizes uh-huh. too big for her. And I was a little disappointed that they didn't throw a similar outfit on him until later in the film. Or at least just, like, the 80s-era football jersey that, like, hangs up, like, it's like the a crop- midriff shirt. Yeah, the crop top. Yeah, crop top, yeah. And and boxers, like, that seems to be the equivalent that would have made sense here. Mm-hmm. Although they do show him in his tidy ways quite a lot. Oh yeah, it is an extremely homoerotic movie. It is it is borderline pornographic. So he goes outside and he sees that someone is thro- is throwing things in the furnace in his basement. Yeah. Uh, so he goes back inside and calls to his dad, and Freddy Krueger appears, and they have the most sexual conversation. <laughs> Freddy literally puts his fingers in this guy's mouth. Yeah. I had to rewind it. I had to rewind the movie because I was like, there's no fucking way that just happened. And I rewound it and I was like, he literally put his fingers in his well, mouth. He puts, the, he puts the blades in his mouth. But he, he like sexually drags it across his lips yes. and into his open mouth. Like, what are we doing here? I don't think anybody knows what they're doing But just here. like, what, what universe are we talking about that this is not the most homoerotic thing on earth? It's just like so sexy. And I don't yeah. mean sexy in that, like, I am aroused by it. It is just, like, the <laughs> adjective sexy is just what it is. I want to make clear that I don't think it's actually sexy. I just I want have... to point out, I'm just saying it's not sexy to me. It's just the word, word to describe it is, is sexy. sexy. Yes. Just, like, this is you gay. Sound, you sound like a Republican who's been caught in a gay sex scandal. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean. Like, this whole movie is shot very sexily. And I was in bed naked with a young boy, but no sexual activity occurred. No penetration, so it didn't count. Um, I love when Freddy is like, am I on your mind? Or whatever the stupid pun that he uses. And then he pulls the top of his head off and his brain is like pulsating oh, you, underneath. You know, he, no, really... he says, you've got the body. And he like caresses his body and goes, oh, yes, and okay. I've got the brains and rips his head off. It's a very cool looking effect. I was like, thank God it wasn't like a, do you want, how about I give you some brain joke? Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Very <laughs> well, I don't think that I don't think that was a slang term for a sexual act in 1983 oh, or whatever. Oh, that's true. That's probably recent. So we cut to class the next day, and the science teacher pulls a heart out of seemingly nowhere and just plops it on the desk it's very video game rules he like reaches yes. behind his back and is like plop here's a here's like a, a actual heart from an animal <laughs> yeah it's pretty wild 
and he okay. falls asleep and screams oh, and wakes himself up in this class that obviously draws a lot of attention. So this movie, so typically in Friday, not Friday, in nightmare movies, there's always some kind of clear delineation between when it's a nightmare and when it's reality. Yes. And I feel like this movie doesn't have that. And it's a bummer because when he is asleep in class, all of a sudden a snake starts like crawling on him. And I was like, oh, we're in a nightmare world. Like this snake isn't real. And then when his science teacher like chides him for falling asleep in class, he picks the snake up off of him. So I was like, so this class snake got out of its cage and climbed on a kid and not one damn person in the room was like, Hey, teach boa constrictors wrapping around this dude and trying to give him a hug. Should we do something? Or more realistically, like some bully put it on him, right? Like that's what this scene should be that like, it should be the character not knowing if this stuff is coming from his nightmares or not, because the bully should be like sneaking over, grabbing the snake and draping it on him while he's asleep to screw with him. And then the oh, character is having like a, what's that? I like, the, I'm like liking that idea in conjunction with what I said before about like someone yes. trying to make you a murderer. And you're like, well, what's, I don't, I don't know what's real anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's, let's mess with the kid's head. Like that's the whole point of this. So I think it's kind of really silly. We go home and we have a putting stuff away montage and we're just like cleaning up a bunch of crap. And then there's this the dad weird, is like such a cheapskate dick bag. <laughs> he really is. Also, I was genuinely confused by the age of the parents relative to the kids. Like I was perplexed. And it turns out everybody is like exactly the normal age range for how old these people are. Oh, like really? the parents are both like in their mid fifties, like 55, 57, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. This kid's supposed to be 18, right? He's a senior. 17, 18, something like that. Yeah. So it's like, that's not a weird age for the two of them to be, but the parents look way older than the kids. Like, like they look like way late in life kids for these people. Yeah, they do. Um, but earlier in the movie, the kid was like, I have trouble sleeping because it's so hot in this room. And the mom is like, we need to get the air conditioner fixed. And the dad's like, it doesn't need to get fixed. It just needs more Freon. Well, then let's get some more Freon. Like, <laughs> if you know exactly what it needs, then why aren't we doing that? Like, let's <laughs> let's workshop this. That's like somebody being like, oh, uh, uh, I really want a grilled cheese, but we don't have the ingredients. And the guy being like, well, it just needs some cheese. The thing that makes air conditioners function is Freon. If it doesn't have Freon, it is broken. Like, yeah. it's such a stupid comment. I drive there, but I don't have any gas in my tank. We just need some gas. Yeah, we we are aware of what we need. <laughs> we already defined the problem. You're just being pedantic. Because then later the dad is clearly hot fanning himself sitting in the living room. And I was like, just fix it. Okay, this is the scene that I was like rebelling against the movie actively because the dad gets up and he looks at the thermostat and it's like... No, that's later. I know. I'm just saying it. The dad gets up and looks at the thermostat and is like, it's like, it's 99 degrees in here. And it's like, none of you were like, huh, this is uncomfortable as the temperature in this room rose to 100 actual degrees. I mean, they were, they all said it was uncomfortable. Like everyone walked in and was like, it's hot. It's hot. It's an oven in here. If I was in a room that was 100 degrees, I would not be casually fanning myself. I would be desperately trying to break out of it because the only way I would be in a 100 degree room is if I was imprisoned in it. That's fair. (laughs) Um, 
So he's putting stuff away in his room and he finds this like creepy box that's just been in his closet that he's never noticed or bothered to look at before. And inside is a diary that happens to be the diary of, I believe, Nancy, Nancy. from the first. It's movie. Nancy because um, Meryl Streep comes over to help him clean and she finds this old diary. And I was like, oh, Nancy's back. I wish I was watching the first one. <laughs> Freddie must really like his boys to be sweaty because he this kid is just sweating all over this movie. I mean, I feel like if you're sweaty, you're less likely to catch fire. So maybe there's something there. Yeah, maybe that's right. But again, like this movie is so unclear. Like, why does Freddy a need a vessel to murder in the real world? Why does he pick this dude? Like, what is it about this house on Elm Street? Because later in the franchise, it has nothing to do with the house and everything to do with the kid. Right. I needed the visit to Giles in the library where we do research and figure out what's going on. Yes. They're like, oh, like, five like, years ago, all this stuff happened. But no, more than more than that, like, I, I think that's good. But I also want the part where it's like, in certain mythology, spirits can come possess people in the real world. And in order to possess you, he needs to like, give me what are we doing? Why is he doing like, give me a piece of something that justifies the stupid thing you're doing. Yeah. Like Freddy is too weak to kill people anymore. Because right. I can't even he, say that, because Freddy is still killing people. Right, right. Like, I need Freddy to have run out of juice, and you're his fresh batteries, basically. Something, yes. something, a thing. Just pick it and do that. Well, because the first scene in the movie with the kids murdered on the bus, like, we don't know those kids, and we never see any of those kids again. Nope. So there's no, like, there's no stakes in them. Like, it no, needs they disappear to, right it out needs, of the movie. It should have been, here's what it should have been. I'm, I'm here, I'm on top of it. It should have been the first scene where he tries to kill them, and as he goes to kill them, the world starts going back to normal, and he can't affect Dreamworld anymore. And that's when the kid wakes up. They're like, oh, I don't know what's wrong. That's what it should have been. That would be really cool. That would be a great Nightmare on Elm Street movie. So we're going to take that one offline, and we're going to workshop this script. Trademark, trademark, trademark. TM, TM. I, I mailed it to myself. You can't take it. So we go into the basement again, and I, I like, the, one of the things that I disliked about this movie is there's not enough. Well, he wakes up and everything is melting, and it's a really cool shot. Yeah, it is. It, that one is a really cool effect. But there's not enough, like, weird nightmare stuff for me. Like, we, we do the basement with the boiler too many times. There's, there's too many, like scenes of freddy trying to convince him to do the murdering for him like he puts the 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 kid puts the glove on and there's this whole thing and i like genuinely was kind of confused as to why freddy needed to come to the real world as we just said but also the stuff that's cool about nightmare on elm street movies is the the weird nightmare logic like you know i like the scene where we're at a backyard barbecue and the kid's like hey get me a burger and freddy whips around with like hot dogs on the claws and is like how about a wiener instead and then slashes the guy in the nuts like yeah. i like you know what i mean like That's the kind i of like stuff. you're right yeah there's not enough of that stuff and then later there's a scene where like freddy just like walks around at a party it's like a very str- like like the delineation between as you said already nightmare and daytime is not really defined in this movie and it's like the whole point of a nightmare on elm street sequel so it's weird yeah you need the like light shift where all of a sudden it goes from well lit to sort of like flickering light and you're and the person wakes up like they don't even know they're asleep right now precisely there needs to be something so like that. yeah i'm with you 100 percent. so he and the bully do some more bonding and they become friends somewhat trash on the gym teacher who hears them again and I, I, 
I know the gym teacher has to do something here, but like, isn't the easiest move in this situation to just walk away or just like clear your throat, have them turn around and then walk away? Like, why do you care? Yeah, like, just, buddy, they're, you are a teacher. They are children. Let that delineation lie. Yeah, they don't like you. Like, you're, you're, there's like 1% of teachers that people like, and none of them teach gym. Right. That's <laughs> like, obviously ridiculous. People like plenty of teachers. But, like, th- there aren't that many beloved gym teachers. And also, you're a dick. Like, you're a dick all the time. Yeah, I don't, like, I, I remember my elementary school gym teacher. I didn't like it all. She was very intense. And then I can't the remember woman, gym teachers after that. The woman who taught that insane gym class. That, by the way, the softball story is from the same gym class that I talked about earlier. She is a, a delightful woman. I actually ran into her uh, down the beach a few years after I had had her as a teacher and had a lovely time chatting with her. She's a very sweet oh. woman. Very kind. But it's not like I have like, you know, it's a gym teacher. There's it's like a like, teach moment. Right. It's not like the, the anyway, I'm. I'm sure someone is out there feeling like very alienated. They had like, a, yeah. Well, there's like someone who had the best gym teacher, but like this dude is a dick and he knows it. Like when you're this much of an asshole, you are aware of it. Yeah, like you know it, especially if you're going to queer S and M joints or whatever. So the little sister is a terrible actress. That's why she gets really bad. Thirty seconds of screen time in this movie. <laughs> she might as well not be there. There's one scene that we didn't talk about when he goes out to breakfast and she puts on these really culturally sensitive Fu Manchu fingers that are like Freddy Claus and the brother kind of freaks out. And then this scene here with the hot thermostat. And then like, I don't think she's in the movie again after that. No, she's not. Oh, she's in later when he tries to kill her. But it's a real loose tries to kill her. So yeah, they like put a, a shade over their parakeets. And then the thermostat goes crazy. And I was like, oh, and the parakeet cage starts rattling. I was like, oh, they're baking in there. They're going to, like, they're going to take the thing <laughs> off. It's going to be, like, two little, like, turkey, like, cooked turkey carcasses. <laughs> which feels more Freddy than anything. Right, especially because the logic is insane that it would go from real bird to turkey carcass. It would obviously not look like that because it has feathers and stuff. But that would be what a Freddy movie would look like. It would be two tiny tur- turkeys in there. Um, so they take the thing off, and the one bird falls down dead. And the other one has gone mad. And like starts and like breaks out of the cage and starts flying around the room, and these people react as though it's a bald eagle swooping at yes, them with talons. Yes. It's like a, a finch. <laughs> it's so tiny. Like you could clap it. Like you know how you, when you clap a fly, you could clap this bird and take it out. I know it's stupid, but I was like pretty pleased with myself. No, that's awesome. But yeah, you're right. They 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 react like Tippy Hedron to this one tiny <laughs> yes. bird. And it's like she was being attacked by all of the birds and she had to hide in a phone booth and you people are having the same level of meltdown from one parakeet. And take it- off the cardigan you're wearing in your 97 degree living room, Mr. <laughs> Rogers, and just throw it over it. And like it turns into the scene from the Great Outdoors where he just starts swinging a broom yes. all haphazardly. And then this is where I, it feels almost like they're trying to make an Amityville nightmare movie. I buy that. Like, it, there's just, it's, it's not clearly defined in either film franchise to be either one, but it sort of was a weird blend of the two. Yeah. Because then the dad is like, oh, the help me move the stove to see if there's a gas leak. And the kid's like, what gas leak makes parakeets do that? And then the dad goes on the offensive and is like, he probably did it with a cherry bomb. If you think your kid 
is capable of putting a explosive device in a live animal and blowing it up, why haven't you sought professional treatment for that child? Also, how do you think he did that? He he you he he knocked the bird unconscious, inserted a cherry bomb in it, and then built a Bluetooth enabled explosive device and also put that in it's like it's like a Joker level plot to kill a bird. <laughs> a parakeet! It's not right. even a it's big not, bird. Right. Like you couldn't fit a cherry bomb in a parakeet. <laughs> it would do that like a cartoon thing where it eats it and then its whole body gets big and round. Yes. Like, this but like shape. I just like I can't deal with the fact that this guy this character thinks that his kid is capable of blowing up a bird for fun and is like not bothered by that and the mom is like do you hear what you're saying and he's like yes (laughs) it's perfect yeah exactly so the kid goes to bed and what starts out being thought of as a dream sequence where he goes to a leather bar that's like not they call them gay bar they called it a gay bar but it's not a gay bar. It's, it's a very specific clientele in this in this bar. Like, obviously, it is mostly... I think it's all men. I think it's all no, gay. No, it's yeah, not. Clear, there's women there's there, too? Straight, I didn't know. There's, that. like, women hitting on men, men hitting on okay. women, me, okay. ladies hitting on ladies, and dudes hitting on dudes. So, like, I'm wondering if that. I'm wondering if that is, like, the studio getting involved. I don't know. There was a gay bar in um, a gay leather bar in that police academy movie we watched. Right, but there were no women in there. So, so what I'm saying is like I'm I'm wondering if like the movie studio made them not make it as explicitly a gay bar. Oh, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like the police academy movie had a what this bar should have been. Right, but the the police academy used it as the punchline to a joke. Oh, that's true. So. You know, a situation where the studio is like, yeah, gay people are evil. Ha 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 is played much more, you know, straight line than, oh, this is just a place where people go to hang out with like minded people. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's very bizarre because I was like, this isn't a gay bar. This is just a leather bar, which is fine. But like they earlier in the movie, they were like, it's a queer S&M joint. And I was like, this is this is not you don't know what that. Well, well. I also, to these characters, anything other than missionary with the lights off for the purposes of procreation is probably a sin. So maybe that's part of it. So Jesse's like walking around this bar. And One time like, I saw a man kiss his wife at the end of a pier. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> is that from something? I, I just was the stupidest thing I could come up with. One time I saw a man hold a hands with a woman. In public, at the general store. That's our impression of awful. Last people. time I was at the, last time I was at the CVS, I saw a man purchasing feminine hygiene products. Imagine. Um, anyway, and so he's sort of like wandering through, not really interacting with anyone. I was like, oh, this is a dream, and he's just observing something. Right, it's actually a really cool sort of floaty camera thing where it seems like it's kind of drifting through the bar. And I, I thought it was a very cool nightmare sort of feel. Like, oh, yeah. Because he's soaking wet from walking through the rain. And I was like, oh, that's not a thing normal people do. This is a nightmare. Yeah. And then the bartender like goes up to him and he orders a beer and he gives it to him. And then his gym teacher goes over to him with his... like kind of in some gear and like puts his hand over the drink and gives him the weirdly sexual look and And then then he's like time to hit the showers 
No, he makes him run. He make he takes him back to the high school and makes him run laps. And oh, then you're right. You're right. I I forgot that. Yeah. And I was no. like, what jurisdiction do you have here, buddy? <laughs> right. Right. Like you would like, just do you say want me no. To go to the principal and say, hey, I'm being punished for showing up at a gay bar where this other where your gym teacher was. <laughs> right. All of this makes no sense. I had a time once where I went into the city to like be a part of my friend's burlesque show. And the Monday after, one of the kids I at the high school was like, hey, were you in the city on Friday? And I was like, excuse me, what? And they're like, yeah, I thought I saw you walking down the street with like a backpack on head and near, the, near the, this one theater. And I was like, oh, then yes. Yes, I <laughs> If that's the question, yes. I just saw the Mr. Rogers documentary, and one of the kind of bummer parts of it was the um – the guy who played the police officer in the show, I can't remember the name of the actor or the character right now, and that's a bummer. But he is now openly gay, but at the time wasn't. And I guess a bunch of people spotted him at a gay bar, and then it got word got back, and uh, Fred Rogers went to the guy and was like, look, you, you can't be seen at a gay bar. Like, you're part of a major children's program. Like, I just, you can't do that. And it was like, you know, at the time, hugely, hugely scandalous and, and would have been an issue, but it was kind of a bummer that it was like, oh, man, like, this poor guy, like, you know. Couldn't live obviously, Yeah. Being gay in the 80s was not a good time, and obviously this movie has a lot of that stuff reflected in it. Yeah. So it's just this weird fantasy porn of, like, getting caught by the gym teacher and forced to run laps and then go hit the showers. And then he stands there and watches this kid shower. And then gets attacked by balls. Yeah, it's it's just too much. I'm sorry. It's just too much. Like, and he gets strung up by jump ropes and yes. whipped with towels. And then Freddy just slashes his back open. Right. And also, the towel thing is definitely set up in such a way that it's supposed to feel like a callback to something. But that's not, not a thing that we saw previously in the movie. No, not at all. Like, it's 100% supposed to be a callback to him, like, snapping a towel at a kid or something. And I'm sure that was filmed and cut, but it was just like, I don't understand what the towel thing is. This is very weird. Oh, we also I also didn't mention it. It did look super cool, though. I will say, oh, for no, as old as this movie is, the, the towel, like, great. the towel, like, in the air, winding itself up to be whippable and then whipping this guy is very cool looking. The effects in this movie are really good. I enjoyed this movie a lot. It's just very gay. Right, um, but there's a poster in his office that says it's a fact. Pot hurts, <laughs> and I was like, "What pot are you smoking?" Yes, <laughs> hurts what? Maybe your throat, your lungs, maybe I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. So and then it cuts to so it clearly is Freddy Krueger walking across the shower and slashing this guy's back open while the kid is in the shower. So both he and his gym teacher are naked in the shower together. Yes. What is happening? <laughs> and then it cuts to him, and he's got one, the bloody glove on. And he is covered in his gym teacher's blood, like covered with it. Like carry at the prom. Yes. And then the police bring him home, and they're like, he was wandering naked in the f- by the highway. You should keep a close eye on this one. And I was like, I think that could be tr- like written off as like sleepwalking, or like he's a danger, but who's a plot point in a later nightmare movie. Yeah. And also unless the dad of this kid is like the mayor of nightmareville, 
I feel like the police are going to have some questions for all of this. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Why are you naked? Let's test your blood. And then the next day, he like, he's like, I need to go upstairs. The dad's like, tell us what you're on and who's giving it to you. And the kid's like, I'm not on drugs. Pot hurts, dad. <laughs> and then the next day, the mom is like, he needs to go to therapy. Like, there's something wrong. And the dad's like, no, he's just a queer mo. He needs to toughen up. I also, th- this is the type of character that drives me insane in these movies. Like, the dad knows what the problem is. He bought a murder house. And the kid is having problems the instant that they moved into the murder house. Like, any basic-ass human being is aware of the concept of a haunted house, right? Whether you believe that they're real or not is up to that own individual person. But there isn't a person on the street over the age of 10 that if you were like, describe a haunted house to me, couldn't be like, oh, it's like, you know, weird shit happens in a house. Mm-hmm. You bought a murder house. You should be like, oh, this house is haunted, clearly. Like, I don't care how by the book, 50s, backwards ass idiot, Jamoke this guy is supposed to be. He has so much evidence in front of his face. So, like, he also is putting a bar on his son's window that disappears in every subsequent recycled shot of the front yes. of the house. Um, yes. So, the next morning, it's uh, breakfast, and the son comes down and drinks coffee. And I was like, that was probably, like, a shocking thing in the 80s for a high school kid to be drinking coffee. And nowadays, probably. it's just like, that's what they all do. Nowadays, there's, like, an ivy drip of it for every <laughs> high school <laughs> right? senior. Um, and the kid comes down, and he's like, hey, dad... How much did they tell you about the house? Like, I assume you knew about the murder across the street and the girl whose mom killed herself and the girl who went crazy because she watched her boyfriend get killed across the street and all her friends died. And the mom is like, did you know about this? And he literally, with like a shit-eating grin on his face, is like, how do you think we got such a good deal on the house? And I was like, hold (laughs) up, mister. What, you think the wife... Do you think the wife got involved in a financial decision in 1982 or whatever the hell year this movie came out? Regardless, she's she, she's a woman, which means she toured the house because she has 85. to be the one to decorate it. Yeah, no. It came pre-decorated with murder victim blood. Yeah, that's true. And then the daughter gets upset and the mom's like, they're pretending. And she's like, we shouldn't talk about this. And I was like, we should 100% talk about this. Maybe not in front of her, <laughs> but this is something to be talked about. Right. This is time for a bit of a powwow. You all need to have a conversation. And this is where it feels a little bit like a nightmare, like a no, like an Amityville movie, because like the house is possessing him. Like like Freddy's attached to the house. Right. It's just unclear. Like why is Freddy attached to the house? Why is it this family? Why this kid? Why does he need to be like physical? Like I feel like these are questions that should be asked during the pitch process. Yes, I agree. So the girlfriend comes over. And they get in the car and they drive to Freddy's furnace. And what they're attempting to do there is bafflingly unclear to me. Like, I really don't understand the point of what they're doing at this furnace. She thinks he's a psychic and that he's going to vibe something. Oh, okay. Well, he doesn't. And so the scene is very pointless. (laughs) Yeah, it's very pointless. And then they go to school the next day and... He, Jesse and the bully bestie are like hanging out. The bullies only eat talking with his mouth full for some reason. Yeah, it's a very weird choice as an actor. And they're talking about Lisa's big party or whatever. And he's like, I can't go. I'm grounded. And I was like, feels like a weird. I guess like you had to get him alone so that like mm-hmm. they could do the like sneak into his bed and cover his mouth and go shh. <laughs> 
because that happens in the movie, people. Like, yeah, it does. I'm not does. making things up. These are no, all no, it's from really the a movie. thing that happens. I do like the scene that comes up shortly after this. Uh, it's an it's another night, and he like comes to from what seems to be like a sleepwalk in his sister's room, and she is like, "What's going on?" And he has the claw on, like he was about to dice up his sister, and he's like, "It's nothing. Uh, just 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 go back to sleep. It's fine. It's fine." Then we cut to his room, and he has these caffeine pills that have this insane label on them that is like deliciously over the top, and he's like just scarfing them down. Yeah, he's basically popping them like Tic Tacs. Yeah, like once exactly. one once one dissolves in his tongue, he's like, "Grab the next one on there." <laughs> so he at this point goes to like maximum frazzled, and this actor is pretty good at that. Like he he totally conveys person at the end of his rope, unable to sleep, unable to process stuff anymore. His brain's a mess. Yeah, I I really like all the performers in this movie, like except for the little sister, which we talked about. Um, so we go to Lisa's party, and Lisa is effing rich. Yeah, I also love that they're like, are her parents home? It's like, yeah, but they go to bed at nine. Like, well, that doesn't seem to be relevant. Like, if they're home, aren't they going to be home? And then the way that the movie resolves that is the parents, like, go to bed and the light switches off in the room. And instantaneously, it's like everybody has, like, a party outfit hidden under their clothes and, like, all the tables they flip all over. They away and flip over. Yeah, it's like you hit a button in an 80s cartoon and it's like, time to party. And, like, the, the, the beautiful candlelit turkey dinner flips over and it's like a bunch of pizza boxes. And then, like, the boombox gets cranked up from Vivaldi to, you know, whatever the hell, Vanilla Ice music or whatever. Not not Vanilla Ice, obviously, but like whatever. And the parents are like Whisper to oh. a Scream. That's what it was. What? The song was Whisper to a Scream. Oh. But like the parents are like, no, what's all this racket? And the wife is like, oh, let them have their fun. It's like what? What the, is the logic here? Their window is wide open and the lights turn off and everyone starts screaming and taking their top off. Literally like, screaming. Literally their screaming. Like, it's still open, ding dong. <laughs> time for the party like and the what beer. are you doing yeah i'm gonna do heroin like what are we doing here um so lisa follows jesse's at the party and like sulking and he goes into this beautiful little like japanese inspired cabana and jesse comes and lisa comes in after him and she's like we can beat this together and then they make out and like try to go to bone they don't town. they don't just make out these two actors have to do a lot of body kissing, which always makes me really uncomfortable in a Why? movie. Because it's it's uh, like this actress had to they had to do tw- a bunch of takes where this actress is topless and this dude is grabbing both well, of her breasts. Did you notice that she her 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 boobs were never like out? No, I know that, but she's still like extremely exposed. Like obviously she had some sort of covering on, I'm guessing. But he's like kissing on her breasts and her collarbone and stuff, and it's just like. Too much. Like, I don't need to see that in this movie. Unless it's vitally important to the plot, I don't need to see him kissing her breasts. Like, I just, like, just do it from behind and have his head down low and be- that's it. Like, I don't, I don't need to see it. It makes me, it just feels so skeevy to me. It's such a, like, late night Cinemax kind of thing. It just grosses me out. And while he's kissing on her, uh, Freddy's tongue comes out? It's actually pretty great looking. <laughs> his... His terror in his eyes as this thing comes out of his mouth and he doesn't know where it came from is great. But also, like, that's not been an established thing before. Like, the no. we've never seen Freddy physically take over this kid's body before now. We've only talked about it. So I was like, we, you couldn't have shown anything before now. Right, right. 
And it's just this weird slug tongue that rolls out of his face, too. I know. It's so gross. It's like what happened when Nancy picks up the phone in the first movie. Right, and he, right. And he tongues her. Um, so he, like, he, he Adam in Beetlejuices and just covers up the tongue and pushes it back into his mouth. Yes, yes. And he, like, throws on his shoes, and she's like, what's wrong? And he's like, uh, I gotta go, bye! And she's like, well, this won't harm me mentally for years. Yeah, yeah. And also, this could be read as, like, the crazy manifestations of a person who's deeply in the closet, like, trying to pretend to be straight and not able to do it and bounce. So, like, I totally get how this movie is celebrated in gay culture because it's a probably pretty relatable story for a lot of gay individuals right like this is probably so a thing that happens plagued with murder nightmares and murders in our small towns <laughs> that we could have stopped. no yeah exactly it's like you know like the uh, you know when you decide to not be straight freddy krueger visits you and he's like now you're a demon monster because you're not the standard thing everybody else is Here's and then you kill people and an yeah. id card right and then you kill people and and try to eat children like it's yeah. that's just the way it goes uh so he runs away and this is what he runs. He literally runs from an attempted sexual encounter with a woman to his best friend's bedroom. Bed. Where bed. he not bedroom. Bed. Bed. W- yes, exactly. Like the, it couldn't be more on the nose about what's really happening here. Uh, so he like literally jumps into his friend's bed and covers his mouth, and he's like, "I need you." <laughs> and he's like, "I need you to watch me sleep and don't let me leave and don't fall asleep yourself." <laughs> I was like, what, voy- what like, voyeuristic nonsense is this, buddy? Are you paying me for this? I have a very, very specific fetish, and I need you to do this for me. I think you're my friend, and it's the one thing I'm asking you. There's no touching, no kissing, just watch me sleep. <laughs> Why is it always that voice? I don't know. It shouldn't be. I, I, no offense to smokers. It's just that's just the. Voice. No, but it's just like very specifically like that. If you were to take over the cumulative one hundred episodes of this show, all of the times like that is our default like weirdo voice. If you're if you're a absolute weirdo, this is how you talk. <laughs> you no talk matter like what, <laughs> whatever your weird thing is, if you were to try to make that person into one character, they would have the weirdest life. They would. They'd have all the specific kinks and fetishes that they, right. they, they very rarely talk about. Right. Oh, God, that poor person. Right. Um, and hang on. So they have this fight in the bedroom that the guy eventually, the best friend is like, all right, so, I'll do this thing for you. And then he, instantly both of them fall asleep. Like, it doesn't take five seconds for them both to be like, <laughs> which I assume is like a Freddy Powers thing, but they don't explain it that it is. Be. Again, right. Yeah. Again, with the clarity, um, and there is a really, really cool Freddy reveal where the kid Jesse starts screaming, and he looks at his hand, and the um, the the knife, the finger knives, start pushing through his fingertips like Wolverine claws. Yeah. Or uh, the uh, what's the lady? Lady Deathstrike or something like that. That sounds right. Um, and he's like screaming and like is freaking out and then his his wrist and forearm starts ripping open to reveal a sweater underneath and then freddy pushes his way out of his stomach and like rips him off like edgar's suit in uh 
Men in Black. Men in Black, yeah. And the poor kid is, like, locked in the room screaming in the tiniest pair of camo shorts I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And then the They're parents like, did, start, like, banging the on the door. Very, like, did someone order an army officer? <laughs> <laughs> I heard somebody needs heavy artillery. <laughs> Weapons <laughs> of ass destruction. <laughs> 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 So the kids on the one side of the door pounding to let be let out. And this is, again, a moment where, like, is it dream world or not? Because the parents are reacting in real time outside mm-hmm. the door. Right. And Freddie, like, grabs the guy by the throat and pushes him against the door and then impales him through, like, the door and, like, drags his hand down. Yeah. Like, just guts him like a fish. And the dad freaks out. And then we cut to the room where, like I said before, there's a moment where Jesse is, like, crying and freaking out. And um, Freddy is in the mirror taunting him, like, you did Not just boy. taunting him, but he does, like, a little sexy finger wave. He's like, I'll see you later, big boy. And then, boom, he vanishes. It's, like, no, a it's, very it's sexy... Van- they're there for a while. Cause but he eventually really... he just, like, bounces. Yeah. Um... And then the kid jumps out the window because his best friend is dead. And he's still covered in blood, goes back to the party, which is funny because Meryl Streep is like, I kind of want to bone him still, best friend, but I can't leave this party. And she's like, F the party. Get out of here. And it's like, it is her house. It's a very expensive house. Maybe she should stick around and make sure no one like goes inside or steals stuff. Definitely. Or just, I don't know, yell cops. That solves every high school. Yeah, that solves every high school party ever. Like, if you wanted to, if you, if, if you're a listener out there and you're a youth and you're having a party and it gets out of hand and you want it to be over, just yell cops. Just keep screaming cops or ask a friend to do it with you and go to different parts of the house. Just yell cops. Everyone will scatter like bugs. They will just <laughs> roach out of the house. It's even better if you have if you have a, a like a siren light you can just turn on outside. Yeah, but you don't even need that. You can just start yelling cops. I like it is so easy to just solve that problem. I could I could solve all of these problems for you, youth of America. When your party gets out of hand, just yell cops. Fair. I'll I'll remember that next time I'm youth partying. Yes, next time you're 17 and you invite people to your parents' house while they're out of town. <gasps> So uh, Meryl Streep goes to the door and Jesse is there and he's like drenched, like carry at the prom, basically. Right. This kid spends this entire movie either sweaty or covered in blood. He's just always Always wet. Always damp. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And uh, there's some great, some great sexual lines in here. Like he says, he's inside me and he wants to take me again. He owns me. (laughs) What? (laughs) I also love the pool chaos, or well, the pool chaos, but the whole party chaos. Like the pool starts boiling, the hot dogs immediately burst into flames. By the way, isn't this party happening at like 10 p.m.? Why are there so many hot dogs being grilled? Yeah, what? <laughs> Who's still like? Hungry? I know you get still hungry. Grill your own damn hot dog. They're there. The grill's on. Do your thing. Right, right. But it just seems like like an aggressive party food for 10 p.m. That seems like way too early for drunk eats. You know what I mean? Yeah. These kids should be grilling these hot dogs at 2:30 in the morning. Agree. And then, and then, uh, all of the beers start opening and just like spurting foam, and it's beer bottles, so that like no, can- it's extremely phallic. Well, it's cans and bottles. Oh, I didn't see bottles. Oh, because it was like a pretty phallic image. 
I mean, it all is. And well, as soon as I was like, oh, they're gonna boil alive in that pool, and we're gonna get some like lobster people, aren't we? Yeah, and I was looking really forward get to lobster it. Lobster people. Everybody gets out safely, which doesn't seem like real true Freddy Krueger. Yeah, and we get some more Freddy real world magic that's like even more loosely defined than the other movies, where he like locks the parents in their room, and he locks Meryl Streep in the office with the kid through the windows, and he shuts the pool gate. It's very weird. The whole thing is bizarre. And then he starts, like, fighting uh, the girlfriend, and they're, like, like going back out, and he bites her, which is, like, a, also a weird Freddy move. Yeah. So this is the part that I wanted to see her perspective as well. Like, I wanted it to be Freddy bite, like, attacking her, and then cut to her perspective, and it's Jesse attacking her with the glove on. And like Absolutely, w- because that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, like I want because the party goers come to the window and react as though like, oh, Jesse's attacking Lisa, but there's no that, that we don't see that. And it's not really properly explained. But I think this movie could do well of like, oh, it's Jesse attacking her. And now it's Freddy and it's Jesse and it's Freddy. Like they're one and the same. Like he's yeah. using his body. So she's not able to kill him. And then just so much fire happens. Yeah, he does the coolest pool massacre. He, like, disappears and then jumps out of the little, like, pool filter thingy. Like, the uh-huh. the, the circle thing at a pool. Jumps out of there and just starts slaughtering people. But also, like, people, like, stepping on people's neck and, like, climbing over each other. Yeah, this one dude literally gets trampled to death and someone, like, steps on his neck and breaks it. It's really grim. Yeah, it's gruesome. The one kid who, like, tries to talk... Because one kid, like, tries to talk him down, and I'm like... It's, it's so weird, and, and this is a scene where It should have been we, Jesse. Exactly. Exactly. Because that kid is not doing that to Freddy Krueger. There's a 0% chance anyone is like, well, this looks like a person who could be reasoned with. So it, exactly. it definitely is... It definitely is supposed to be what you're describing, so it sucks that it's not that in the movie. Um, but he's doing the thing where you, like, hold out your hand, like uh, Chris Pratt in Jurassic World, so he's doing to the raptors. And I was like, oh, Freddy's going to, like, cut off his fingers or cut off his hand or something. And it wasn't that cool at all. He just got thrown into a barbecue. Yeah. I mean, I wanted him to go up in flames, like, but it doesn't even do that. Yeah, it's very lame. Some people get pushed into the boiling pool. Uh, Some people catch fire. The dad comes running out with a gun, and he is at most 15 feet from Freddy Krueger. And he misses him by, like, six or seven car lengths. Yeah, it's too too much, sir. You're too close to miss that shot. Oh, you could miss. Like, I, I fired a gun for the first time very recently. It this is not easy. This dad has five guns in a glass case. This is not exactly. his first time shooting guns. Exactly. But he misses by, like, 16 to 20 feet. And then Freddy is like, I'm done with this party. And he just well, sets himself Meryl on fire. Sleep stops the dad. Right. Because it's supposed to be Jesse and we right. don't see it. Exactly. But then it couldn't be jesse because he turns himself into fire and walks through the the wall of this house you know the backyard through the fence yeah and they're like i wonder where he went and so uh, meryl streep is like i'm out of here and drives to the uh factory warehouse thing to the boiler room yes and she faces her nightmares which are weird and basic yeah and then like freddy is babies the dog babies are weird yeah but then like freddy is a cat and he eats a mouse like, 
it's like we it's just very weird mishmash nonsense and you're to, you're totally right the movie you're describing where it's Jesse and Freddie like flipping back and forth and no one's really sure is so much more interesting than the actual movie that we watch mm-hmm it, like there's so much potential in this movie like this if anything is due for a remake that like gets things right it's this one because there's a lot yeah. of potential here so they um, have their big fight. The right, power like they of get love, to, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And she eventually is like, I love you, Jesse, which is fine. Like, that's what's needed to save the day here. But also, you've only known Jesse for, like, a week. And I know it's high school, Maybe but, like, that's... Months. Okay. It's not clear how long they've known each other. It doesn't seem like that long for, for someone to be just casually throwing around the I love you, but maybe I'm crazy. I Well, I mean, if it's going to save the day, I guess. Yeah, the power of straight love fixes everything, and he comes out of Freddy. He, like, shakes off Freddy like a dog, and he's like, I'm okay now. Well, he also, like, shakes off Freddy like a dog. Like, it's like a bunch of crumbly clay around his body that, like, breaks off of it. It's pretty cool looking. Yeah, it is. It's like like a stone statue breaking free to life. Right, like, Freddy flames up, and then, like, all this ash just, like, crumbles away from Jesse's body inside, which, again... Leads to me to believe that what you're saying is what this should have been, but it just isn't. Mm-hmm. Like, this should have been the part where we only see Freddy. Because Freddy has fully consumed Jason, and she is seeing Freddy now. Jesse. You said Jason. Thank you. <laughs> Different movie. Interesting, but not this one. That's what Freddy versus Jason should have been. Right. Um, And then we get to... And then she saves the day, and the, the, he's, like, going back to school, and everything is, is hunky-dory... And gets on the bus, and I was like, "Why? What's wrong with his car? He has a car. Oh, this is a fake out." Yeah, exactly. And Freddie bursts through his chest. No, not his chest. Oh, sorry, through the the best the driver's chest. No, no, it's Meryl Streep's best friend's chest. Oh, okay. Another inconsequential wrote... character that we only saw a couple times. Yes, I only wrote Freddie through tra- chest, so I forgot to be specific. Uh, what are your final thoughts? It's actually, it's good. Like, it's fun. It's, it's, it's fully rewatchable. Like, I'm going to watch, this is going to be one of my, like, if I have, like, gay, like, Halloween movie night, this is going to be top tier. I, I enjoy it. I say watch it. Yeah, I, I like it, too. I also like it just for the fact that it exists. Like, at the height of homophobic Hollywood, when everybody was, like, totally ignoring HIV and AIDS, this director made an extremely gay movie, and I, I just wish he had, like... Had the ball. Had... Yeah, to just say what you did, and instead of this poor actor having to bear the brunt of it, really sucks. Because he literally, when it came out and people were like, this is gay, the director was like, well, I mean, do you see how much how that kid acts all gay? Right. And the kid was right. like, did you see what I was given to act? <laughs> did any of you read this script? Like, there's a scene here where you have me naked with my gym teacher watching him get whipped. It's pretty gay. Like, that's not me. That's not in the movie. But I also think this is worth checking out, even even if you you know only watch it for that reason. It's a competent Nightmare on Elm Street movie too. But it's interesting that they own none of those franchises ever tried to do a final guy. It was always a woman, and it's you know it's an interesting part of the formula. I'm sure someone more intelligent than us has written like a scholarly, interesting paper about this flipping the final girl tropes on its on its head. And if anyone, any major studio is listening to this and is looking to reboot a franchise with a final boy, hey, or, or Scream King, I guess, let me know. I'm, I'm down. I'm here for it. Like, if you want, if you want something fun, different, let me know. I'm here. Yeah. Well, they're never going to be able to make another Friday the 13th movie, basically. So maybe they can just, like, make a new franchise where it's all Scream Kings. They can't? Why? Kings. 
Oh, the guy who it's like a very complicated legal thing, but the guy who cl- who wrote the first movie exercised some option that essentially gives him character rights over Jason Voorhees, and so it, ba- according to him, belongs to him. They're fighting it out in court right now, but oh, the repercussions there was to be a new one, wasn't there? Yeah, that's not happening anymore. The video game has, that was out that's like a Friday the 13th based video it's game. A, it looks amazing. Uh, I haven't played it, so I can't say, but the developers are no longer work. Like, it's out and you can purchase it, but they're like, we're never going to do any updates to it ever again because we just, it's not worth our time. We have no idea what's going on. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Damn. Yeah, no, it is. It well, is wild. Not, we can, if, let's reboot Freddy, Freddy's Revenge, acknowledge the gay shit. I'm down. I'm here. So this was Andrew's pick of Two Lie, and I have the next one, and I'll tell you what that is in just a moment, but let me give you some quick information here. First, go check out that Patreon, folks. It's really important. really helps the show. Patreon.com slash Dissecting the 80s. If you've got a little bit of extra cash and you want to help out your favorite podcast, get on there. Patreon.com slash Dissecting the 80s. Find it tier for you. We have some very budget-friendly stuff and a real buck-wild $88 tier if someone wants to get crazy. But lots of cool ways to get involved with the show and help us out and help keep Dissecting the 80s coming to you every other week for free on your favorite podcast thing. You can get more of us at DissectingThe80s.com or on Facebook, Facebook.com slash DissectingThe80s, or on Twitter, where we're at Dissect the 80s. We love hearing from our listeners, and we try to uh, get in touch with everybody who does reach out to us and always uh, make sure that we thank you for listening. So thank you for listening. Uh, You can also help the show for free by going to iTunes and reviewing it. And if you do that, we read those on the air. We haven't gotten one in a little while, so we're feeling very left out and lonely here as far as the iTunes reviews go. If you haven't done that, please do it. We will be back in two weeks to close out To Lie with Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, which Andrew's never seen, and I'm very nope. curious how this is going to play for you. And I have not seen either of the new... Well, I've seen part of the first new Star Trek. Yeah, that doesn't really matter. Well, because I know the second one, they were like, and don't worry, he's not Khan. And then Cumberland Bumberbatch was like, my name is Khan. Yeah, it was really stupid. It's really, really stupid. I don't like J.J. Abrams, and that is like the epitome of why. But Wrath of Khan, I remember really liking, and I've never revisited, because I don't like it as much as Star Trek IV, the one with the whales. So I am curious to to see how this holds up for for you. But we will be back the last Monday in July. That is July 30th with Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Once again... I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until July 30th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.